Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast, where we kind of had our first game of the season in the League Cup against Colchester United, a 3-1 win and a jowl hat-trick. To help me talk through this, I've been joined by Dave Stevens. Hi, Dave. Hey, Paul. And I've also been joined by Matt Lansley. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Matt. So, we had three people making their debuts at the Medeski for Reading FC first team in different ways. We had Bristow. We had Lawrence, and we also had another player, Matt. Help me, help him. My mind has gone completely blank again. Luke Southwood? Yes, Southwood. Southwood, yes. He's obviously been with the club for many years. What did we think of those three players then, Matt, and their performance today? Um, well, for, 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 the, for the young, young left... I've forgotten his name already. <laughs> the, the, young, the young fullback, I thought he was very... Very good. Um, it was a bit of a surprise, really. I was looking at him. I didn't. I presumed he was going to be a left back because obviously you had Arena right back and two centre backs. I presumed he was going to play left back. It's where he played. Um, solid, solid performance. Southward, solid again. He didn't really have too much to do, um, but he, he was probably the one one name that I was really happy with seeing on the starting sheet because he's kind of been knocking at the door for quite some time, really, almost since. He broke through with with the England youth squad almost, hasn't he? But it's always been always stayed in the youth team, gone out on loan, etc. So it's really good to see him him coming in. Um, and Lauren, I, I was I was a little disappointed with um, Lawrence today. I did a couple of good chances last week. He was much better against Spurs than he was today. I thought he kind of, the game kind of passed him by. I thought today, but it's. So early days, really. You know, it's like, like like you say, it was kind of the first game of the season. I think, you know, he, he's, you can't really take much from today's game. I'd say for him, but but for the two for the two young guys, brilliant, brilliant start. And um, hopefully they'll be able to kick on. Hopefully Southwood will be able to nail down that number two number two goalkeeper shirt. So yeah, I didn't see anything from him to worry me today. But like you're saying that he did have much to actually save, didn't he? I mean, there was one opportunity right at the end of the match. Callum Harriet when he was straight through on goal, but he didn't even have to get near to save it, did he, Dave? It was just a, a woeful effort there from Harriet. Yeah, it was. Um, if he could, if he was coming back today to prove the club wrong for letting him go, uh, it, it certainly didn't happen in that moment. It was pretty rough. Um, yeah, Southwood himself, I thought, did great. Um, and it's probably a little over the top to say great because, as has, meant, has been mentioned, not a lot for him to do. But and, and he wasn't at fault for the goal. Uh, not much he could have done there. And kind of got let down a little with the, the marking. And uh, yeah, I think the biggest disappointment for me today um, would be to see Sam Walker back in there uh, as our default number two again when, when Southwood's around. Played well up at Hamilton. Um, good to see him uh, in, in at the club that he's spent... I don't even know how many years, but he's, he's been here since he's, he was young, right? So. Yeah, no, no, I think he's probably one of the ones been here since probably about eight years old, I suspect. They normally seem to start at that age, get them in early, indoctrinate mm -hmm. them. And um, uh, I think that the problem I saw today was the right-back situation. I'm not sure I would want Arena playing at right-back in the championship. For the first goal, he's horribly out of position there. Um, he did okay, in the second half, but that was in the second half, we had far more possession and we were the team that were in control of the match. There's no doubt in that. But when there was actual pressure on that side, he doesn't really convince me. What did you think, Matt? Um, I, I think slightly harsh maybe to, to say that. I think it, 
the first goal he was pretty much at fault for. You know, you can't really get around that. It, it, it just was all piece of defending got caught out so easily. Um, but everything else he did in the game, he was good on the ball. He didn't misplace very many passes. He was very confident on the ball. Um, and it was it was a shaky start. It was a shaky first half really from a lot of people. You know, you could probably say say the same about the um, about the young young left back as well because we seem to be very exposed on the wings. But both fullbacks seem to be pushing quite high as well, which doesn't really help you when you know you're having to already track back from a much higher position than you know a normal full um, fullback probably would be. Um, but I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say it would worry me. But I come on, we're probably going to be seeing Yedon at right back anyway, so it's probably not going to be a Intention anyway to have him right back unless um, Yeardom's injured. Um, he might end up in a midfield. He seems to be quite a versatile mid uh, player. Um, but um, but yeah, no, he, I, I thought I thought he did okay. To be fair, but I was probably not going to see much from him anyway. So no, somebody stood out like a shining light. There was Lucas Jow with a perfect hat trick, a header, left foot, right foot, um, just brilliant, Dave. I mean. Obviously, against the League Two team, he's going to look exceptional. And whenever he got the ball to him, he looked more than a class above them. If we can keep him fit, Dave, what kind of... Do you think we can realistically think that we can move up a few places just with him fit alone? Yeah, I definitely think so. Like, you, you look back at last season and you have that great run over Christmas. Um, things look to be on the up. He gets injured and it all falls apart. Um Again, you, you don't want to be too positive about um, being reliant on one person, but certainly today you see that now that he is back fit and quality of opposition aside, uh, it's not like the other strikers were banging him in today. So he still had to do the work. Um, and we actually still seem to be struggling to break teams down. I know I know this is like a changed lineup and a lot of young players, but there were enough first-teamers in there to have a little bit of concern about the ability to... to fashion a chance or two. Um, so we're lucky that we we have Jao playing like this and um, when he gets those chances, he does get it. And uh, you don't have to see that perfect hat-trick these days. So I'm pretty excited about it. No, you don't. And his skill for the third one was fantastic. Yeah. The way he takes it down and then spins. But Elise as well was very good in the second half. Obviously sets up the second goal. I mean, I kind of assumed Jao was offside because if you don't see, actually, on I follow any kind of replay of any quality. But... He clearly wasn't offside. Um, what did you think of Elise, Matt, today? Yeah, another solid, solid performance. It'll be interesting, I think, to see how he fits into the team going forwards. Obviously, now you know we've we've nailed down Ajaria now. Um, you know he's going to have a lot of competition, obviously, to start games because I think obviously Swift will probably be playing further forward. You've got to you've got to assume Ajaria probably out wide again because if we're going to play a four-two-three-one, I think is um, Panovic is. Um, favoured formation from everything we've heard. Um, you know, he's, he's going to have a bit of bat battle on his hands to to get a starting position. Um, but I, he's done, he's certainly done himself no no disservice. I think we've all got to remember how young he is still. Um, but he's, he looks sensational. I mean, even some of the some of the turns he was making in the first half, you know, you, you can tell you, you've got such a player there. And um, it, was, it was nice just to see a bit more end product from him because it's, last year it was probably one of the things that we um, criticised him for. For his um, for his passing, um, shooting as well. Shooting's probably still something we've not seen too much of, but passing was a lot better today, and it was a fantastic assist for, for the second goal. Just threaded the needle. It was just utterly. It was brilliant. Fantastic pass. 
and a great player. Uh, I think he could be um, a quality player, Dave, if we use him properly. And obviously, if you had the advantage of Swift in Ajari, he doesn't have to start every single match, does he? You can maybe bring him on, take him off, start him. You can mix it up with the rotator, and who knows what we're going to do in the transfer market. You never know with that Dai Young, do you? Yeah, true, especially with uh, recent events. But um, yeah, on, on Elise, probably the most the player I'm most excited about this season, um, just from everything we've seen in preseason. Um, I do think he's going to get that first goal in the first like maybe 10 matches or so, and then hopefully kick on from there. Um, but yeah, what, what I enjoyed today was he seemed to have a bit of a free roll. Uh, at times he was on the left, at times he was on the right. He's threading passes. Probably our best crosser of the ball today, I thought. Um, maybe that was because the others weren't doing too well, so he stood out. But um, <laughs> seemed, seemed to get it into dangerous positions. So um, definitely looking forward to seeing what he does this, this year. And yeah, with that versatility of being able to play in different positions, um, I imagine he'll probably come on for one of those mentioned um, for a while and then maybe start a few games and uh, see what he does. It was it was interesting because in the first half he was almost playing um, the role that Swift would normally play because he was playing very deep. He was playing almost you know and at times it was almost um, when we were on the ball he was almost dropping in between the two defenders to pick up the ball and start start moves. So it was interesting seeing him playing that deep role. But I, I do kind of think probably one of one of the things that hindered our creativity, especially in the first half, was the fact that we had McNulty on one wing and Bulldog on the other, which really. <laughs> isn't really what what you're wanting really and uh, like I, I think we've probably most probably seen the last of McNulty now I think I don't think he's going to be fitting in Bulldog probably probably will still from from the bench but um but but, but it was interesting obviously seeing seeing Elise and it, as, as soon as he got got moved further forward it was it was so much better in the second half um you know you could tell you could tell that when Rinomoto got brought on as well um, yeah, and like you say, is 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 a lot of his crossing was brilliant. Dead balls as well, very good. So, yeah, it's interesting. We improved in the second half, but I saw from Jackie Oatley of the BBC saying that Panovic picked the team, but had absolutely no input from the start of the match. Obviously, but does that tell us that Eddie Nozeski and John O'Shea changed all the tactics and made it better at half time? I don't know. That's a little bit of a worry for me, but um, we'll see how that goes, obviously. But I just saw that and it kind of set off a little bit of an alarm because the way it was set off, McNulty was, I mean, McNulty is not a right winger. Let's not kind of like criticise him for that too much because there's no way he should be in that position. What did we think of Aluko playing today? Because I thought in the second half, he slightly improved. Oh, I'm getting nods of disapproval there. Yeah, Dave, yeah. <laughs> go on. I don't, I don't like piling on um, Luko. Like, obviously, it's, he's our favourite punching bag the last couple of years after expectations and fee and everything else. But first half, he, would, he just didn't do anything. Second half, with the team, he improved, but he still, his, his crosses into the box weren't where they needed to be. Um, I think like three different occasions, the commentary pointed pointed out like, that's a half and half. Like he doesn't know if he's crossing or shooting. And it's like, okay, the first one, fair enough. Second one, mm. the third one, like, come on, you got to make a decision. You've got to make a, a good choice here. Um, and I felt like he wasn't making the runs. He seems like frustrated, broken player. Like the, the throw that he went to take and someone else was like, no, no, I take this throw. And he like, slam the ball into the ground it's like yeah, he's lost a mental game before the season even started it's strange 
I think any I, glimmer of positivity, positivity from uh, Luco, I just latch onto it because <laughs> it's cost us so much money. And I agree, it was nothing. Um, yeah, I don't think any of the players are going to be too worried about that performance. Like Swifty, Jaria, Mate, who are probably playing that right sided position. But just, he was actually getting some tackles in, and that is one of the major things. It's such a basic thing. I mean, I know you want more than that from a player, but it just seemed like he was getting involved. And obviously, I just still consistently say the same thing. I think there is a player in there somewhere, but it has not worked out from him at Reading at all. I think that's why it's been frustrating. Like, we've seen at Fulham what he can do. We've seen glimpses game to game here that he still could. But there's something there that isn't happening. So maybe the new manager will come in and like change his mindset and, and get the best out of him. But yeah. Yeah, he'll probably approve in Loka. Loka massively, and the rest of the team just dips off. <laughs> that would just be the situation, man. <laughs> so, a kind of okay performance, I thought. Much better in the second half. It's against the team in the league, too. Nothing to get too worried about. A positive thing is no injuries. That's a big thing I take out of that match. Patrick for Lucas Jow. We go into the start of the season, the first game of the season next weekend. Hopefully, we pick up three points then. But until then, I've also got now an interview with a person who wrote a book about Robin Friday. So have a listen to that. Until then, we'll be back after that next week and uh, hopefully talking about a win. Cheers. So now time for something a little bit different. I've been joined by an author of what looks a fantastic book about Reading cult hero Robin Friday. I'm not quite old enough to have seen him, despite all the rumours about my age on the internet. But... I am now going to be talking to Stuart Kane, the author of Man Friday, The First Half. Hi, Stuart. How are you? I'm really good, Paul, and it's uh, lovely to be here. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for this. It's fantastic. Well, tell us about this book. It's sad. I mean, Robin Friday, he's just, he's a kind of a player you'd never see now, isn't he? He just, such a character. That's it. And, and I, think, I think when you think of, of, you know, Robin, he is that. He's an icon. He is the ultimate cult football um, hero. And I'm just fascinated by his story. I always felt there was a little bit more to his story, which is kind of where this book um, and these books um, came from. Um, and like you say, he, a character like Robin would not survive in the, in the professional you know, game today. And he wouldn't like the professional game as it is today with all the, you know, the money and the, the, the sort of sponsorship and all, all, of, all, all of that. It would, uh, I think it would very much irk him and I think he'd have something to say about it. But yeah, what, you know, what a character. And, and like yourself, I never, you know, I never um, obviously saw him play. I was, I was born in 74, so um, quite a while back, a child of the 70s. But um, yeah, it has, it is, it's, it's been a journey. It really, it really, really has. And uh, yeah, the book is starting to grow a little bit, so it's getting some some good feedback. It's taken me five years, really. It developed first as a as a short story uh, that got some good feedback, and it it wouldn't let me sleep. It just kept knocking, and people said, "Look, Stuart, you've got to do something with this." And lots of sleepless nights followed, and you know, uh, redrafting, re-editing, and 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 just digging around. You know, coming down to 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 Reading. Um, walking in, I suppose, on my own sort of private pilgrimage, <laughs> walking around where Elm Park used to be, you know, having lunch in the Spread Eagle and uh, going down to the Bugle pub and kind of listening to the locals there and, you know, opposite where uh, the famous Boar's Head 
uh, I won't use its other name on here, um, you know, used to be. And, you know, to, to, to sort of what I've tried to do is almost take it all in and, you know, fight, do as much research as, as I possibly could to bring Robin, uh, you know, to, to life through through the medium of, of, of my of my book. And I've, I suppose the idea was to 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 stay true to his to his unique uh, character. I mean, I did feel at times like I was writing um, an anti-modern uh, football book, and that's what it did feel like sometimes. Um, there is a part of me that does hark back to those sort of pre-premiership days when maybe you know, or maybe in the seventies when things were a little bit different. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, characters like him, like you said, they're, uh, they just wouldn't be tolerated now, would they? No, they, they, not, they couldn't I mean, work out at all. It, it, they, they wouldn't, and, and I think that that's a, that's another thing that that comes through, Paul. It's that, and and if he if if obviously Robin's a, you know because he did have this uh, an amazing ability, and these are from people that know what they're talking about, um, that have that have sort of spoken to me about it, or people that watched him play at Cardiff or you know or at, at Reading. And they say he was magnificent with that, you know, his ability. Um, but obviously the, there is the other side of that. And we talk about mental health a lot these days. There is that side. And there would have been people, far more people to kind of help him out than he had back then. He was very much on his own. You know, there weren't the agents, especially for, you know, your Robins of this world, just kind of lower league footballers just didn't happen. Um, so... No, 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 definitely. I mean, if you look at Robin Friday, the incidents, which I'm sure you go into in the book, yeah, before yeah. his career that led to the, all the issues that he had throughout his career. I mean, it's all just well known with, with his drug taking with Robin Friday and the issues that he had. But what, yeah. what would you say were the most interesting things that you possibly found out about Robin Friday without giving away everything about your book? So, I, I just... I mean, I, I, I say, I, I kind of, in, in, in my book, there's a very um, a simple uh, preface at the start and then at, at the end, I go into the afterwards, which is, I think it's about 10 or 11 pages on, you know, why I wrote the book, you know, what, you know, why is a 46-year-old guy from Moseley in Birmingham, um, you know, written about a, a Redif, Reading and, and Cardiff cult hero? And, and I think there's, there, is, there is that unique, there is that uniqueness to him. And I, and I think, um, I, and I, I say this in my book, you know, there's the, the man don't give an, you know, give a, a, an, F, an F word, if, if you like, without saying it. And he did. I think he did. Obviously, there, there were times, Paul, when he didn't. But he did because you don't do the things to yourself that he did. Obviously, it's one of those things where at the start of your ride, you're having a bit of fun and it, and unfortunately, that that fund became something more than that. You know, it became an an, an addiction, and it is a, it's a, it's almost like a, a, a Shakespearean tragedy. Dare I, I I say it? You know, um, he was he was ahead of his time. This guy was just ahead of his time. It was, and you know, Paolo Hewitt talks about it in his book. It's this this guy that arrived on the scene with his tattoos. You know, that all all the players have now. He's already got his tattoos. You know, um, he he get he gets married at, at, at you know seventeen um, to to a black woman in in, in Acton, and obviously this is a, a time when you had all these racial tensions, and I touch upon that in 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 in, in the book. Um, you know, this guy was was different, um, and and I think some of this, you know, the stories about him, and what I didn't want to do 
was kind of have Robin as just a, a set of bawdy tales put together because he was a man, he was a person that, 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 that lived. And I think if you touch on some of the things that Roger Titford has written um, about him, you can kind of, you, you get, you, I've tried to get to the man, to get to the truth of this guy. Who was he? What made him? And I've, you know, as I say, I've, I've dug around and I've got these bits and I've, I've put it out there for, for really the, the reader to, to, to make up their, their own mind. You know, why, why was this guy um, like, you know, like this? And I tried very much. I mean, I, I've gone through his, 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 the games that he's, he played to get into this character because that guy uh, was a warrior. I mean, he really was. And, he, you know, uh, both Charlie Hurley said it and Jimmy Andrews said it. They'd never seen somebody take the punishment that, that Robin um, took. And I'm not saying that he was perfect because he could pinch a player's bum, kiss them at a corner, you know, touch them, touch them where, where he shouldn't. Um, and then they'd side him down and they'd, you know, this is football in the 1970s where if you took the mickey and nutmeg someone a few times, they're going to let you know about it. And, and they did. But, you know, Robin had no fear and had no problem with, um, you know, putting them off the game and dropping the nut on them. So, it was, you know, so I've, I think I've just tried to, and I, and I think for, for Reading fans, it's, it's almost... I've gone into not just Robin, but also with what was going on um, at Reading at the time, because, you know, Charlie Hurley had his, had his work uh, cut out and there, there were issues as we, you know, we all have our football clubs with, you know, with, with the board. And, and there, was, there, was, there was lots of that, um, you know, Eamon Dunphy is very much in the book as kind of, and he was there as, as Eamon's football friend, uh, sorry, as, as Robin's football friend, really, and, and was there you know, and was a good friend to him and, and, and was there to support him. And I'm sure had a very good time with him at times as well. Oh, definitely. I'm sure you would with Robin Friday. But like you say, he is an actual human being. He's been like yeah. made out to be this person who just was crazy all the time. But there's issues why that happened. Yeah. And I'm sure your book goes into it. I've got to say the reviews you've got on Amazon are fantastic. It's just Thank five you. stars all the time, isn't yeah. it? And it's, it's definitely a book I'm going to be getting. And... I I, I'll be I'll be sending you one, Paul. So don't don't worry about that. So yeah, I'll I'll get one through to you. But you know, it is so the the reviews that I've had and and a lot of I mean, obviously some of them from people that I do know, but a lot of them are for people that I don't I don't know. And uh, you know, I'm on a I'm on a football forum on 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 Facebook. The um the it's the nine the 1960s and 70s, and you know, people talking about their their memories and and the guy that runs it, uh, he he kind of downloaded my book last week and he just you're not allowed to promote your own things on 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 this um so I didn't and he just posted a picture of my front cover and just said cannot recommend this book enough this is why I set up this forum you know this is what football was like he said he said Stuart well done he said you know I can I can almost smell the 1970s in your book you know I can I can smell the liniment in the you know in the in in the, in the dressing room and so to hear that or to hear people that were at Elm Park when, when Robin was there to turn around to me and say, thank you for writing this. And you have brought back so many memories, you know, kind of touches my heart and is, you know, it's makes it, you know, makes the five years and, you know, it's still kind of ongoing, makes it all worthwhile. Um, you know, I'm happy to talk about Robin Friday till, till the cows come home and always will be. Right. Sounds fantastic. I mean, 
yeah, you're right. Getting a praise like that is always nice when you put your heart and soul into it, which you clearly have. He's almost become Robin Friday, didn't you, in some way. You've got it's, to take on his it, personality. It's, yeah. That's, it's in, in a way, I mean, you can't, it's a, so I've just got a, I'm just hopping something off on here that's just come up. Um, I think, the re I suppose, my own background, a writer called Kevin Barry, a famous Irish writer, talks about it when you're writing sort of what this is, it's a biographical novel, it's a fact-based novel, is what he, what he called positive contamination. And it's, there's got it to an, obviously, there's an element of, of, of me kind of acting as this sort of site, you know, this conduit, if you like, for, for Robin Friday. Um, which is a bit out there and a bit occult, but it's not, if you know what I mean. And, you know, I, as a, as a young footballer, I, I was all right. I, I, I wasn't too bad. I had trials at, at Villa, was offered trials at Northampton, was in the Warsaw youth team. And then when it came to signing those YTS forms, I wasn't welcome. And, and it was, yeah, thanks for your time, son. And, 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 and off you go. And so, you know, Robin got rejected. So I can definitely uh, relate to that. On the other side of that, I went off and played, I mean, I'm, I'm only little, I'm five foot seven, about 11 stone soaking wet. I went off then at 17 to start playing rugby and ended up within four years playing for uh, Ireland students, um, you know, when, I, when I, back in the day when I was at university. So, the, the, you know, there's bits of that. I grew up in the nineties when there was very much a, a different, a, a kind of a different culture. To, to now so yeah I suppose you you use your experience and I always said I wouldn't write until I was 40 because I think you've got to have some element of life experience to write about things like this and to to give it that sort of authenticity um, and obviously using a lot of my um, imagination as as, as well um, you know I kind of I'm a bit of a sort of a 1970s uh, nerd if, if if you like <laughs> so I think I think you know I've taken all of this in uh, not just the football I think a thing about everything from the 1970s and it's it's all you know it's all gone in there and as you say I've had some good reviews and 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 hopefully they'll they'll keep they'll keep coming sounds absolutely fantastic Stuart I'll be posting links for this book and remember it's Man Friday the first half by Stuart Kane look it up on Amazon buy it Get it just it sounds takes you back into a world that I never saw. And if you remember this mirror, even better. So give it a go. If you listen to this on the podcast, if you want more details, get in contact with me, get via DM, and I will try and get you sorted out. So thanks a lot, Stuart. No worries. Thank you. P 